0: Hey, Mobile listeners, real quick thing to tell you about that's coming up. If you're in Mobile on October 26th, the University of South Alabama is hosting a screening of the 1961 film Judgment at Nuremberg, directed by Stanley Kramer. If you've never seen the film, it's about the Nuremberg trials, the judges trial specifically, where former Nazi officials were placed on trial following the end of World War II. It's considered one of the more important international law events of the 20th century, and it was a trailblazer in the legal profession for human rights and crimes against humanity. The film is being screened in the Marks Library at the University of South Alabama campus in Mobile, and it will feature a panel discussion of which I am a part. So if you want to come to that event, it is October 26th at the Marks Library at the University of South Alabama in Mobile. For more details about the event, you can click on the link in the show notes of this episode. Hope to see you there.
1: Dustin, you're on you're on the couch today. I'm on the couch today. What's up? Yeah, with Yeah, decided to move. I don't know. Just yeah. decided to move. Why not? Yeah. Are you? Are, I've got a laptop now, so I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make use of it. I was gonna ask. Are you, are we on a laptop right now? You are on a laptop right now. I love it. We're yeah, mobile. man. So I can be mobile.
0: If you have to poop during the show, we, we you can do it.
1: I, I no, I, I won't I won't poop during the show. Did you already that poop that you know of. Oh.
0: <laughs> is that the is that the toilet Is that the couch with the pine? That's
1: what the together mode is for. <laughs> you can't <Yeah>. see
0: <laughs>
1: Is that is that one of
0: those couches that has like that has plumbing in it?
1: Yes. Yes, that's, it is. That's the real reason. Have you okay, have you heard of this brand called Love Sack? There it's a, it's a, it's that's, sounds whatever, but it, it's it's a, it's a sofa brand have you heard of this no it's like modular sofas and they have this new line out that has surround sound speakers built into the sofa and i was like yo that's awesome and i looked at it and they're like we want you to feel the sound and it's like you know eight grand for like a basic sofa and i'm like nah <laughs> there oh, you go Ian's yeah it. that's yeah. it oh that's wow it. Oh, I like so, the
2: hocus pocus two ad in the middle.
1: <laughs> brought to you
2: by Disney. Yeah. What the, this, oh, this is cool. I mean, modulus overs are cool anyway, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just love love sack just didn't didn't sit with me when you said right, that. Right, That's funny. Yeah, y- y- yes. You
0: gotta be careful S-A-C. what you Google there. You can't just go right, right, to Lovesack.com. Yeah. Well, I, I
2: did it with a K, but it's apparently L O V E S A C. Correct. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Correct. That's the difference. The, the one
2: if the K was taken. <laughs> Jeez! Actually, probably I'm not going to Google that one, but it don't, probably don't, yeah, is. Don't. This, don't. is a fam- this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for being here. Um, you, God, Lord, when's the last time? No, you were on the show recently. We did the Billy Elliot episode last year.
2: Yeah, about maybe this time it was last about year. About this or time last it. year,
0: yeah, yeah, September or so. Um, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before, I think before that, uh, the last time you were on was when we were moving furniture.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's been a while. Then. Yeah, that was. Oh, when we did it in the car and yeah. the car, that was fun because we were just talking and we just kind of figuring things out. And yeah.
1: What did you yeah. review that day?
0: Nothing. We just sort of talked we just, oh, about video games. Oh, okay. and Hours. Then we, we, did a, we did a down and back to the beach so I could go get a mattress. And I had to do right. it before one o'clock on a Saturday because I had to go to the TV to to station and do my shift. Ah. And so I asked Ian to come with me just so he could help me solely because I needed a second person to lift this mattress. Right. Sure. And so I just said, not
1: because I enjoy your company. <laughs> Yo, no, no. He was just like,
0: which one of these bastards is going to
1: say yes. No, yeah. I was just
0: like I, was like, I wonder if Ian will come with me. Cause all he has to do is ride in the car with me. He doesn't have to like drive anywhere. He doesn't have to do anything. Just, right, right. You know, right. so I just asked for it. And then we were like, let's, we, uh, we recorded and I think on Ian's phone, um, mm. Like two episodes. We just went down, wow. went back. We almost got hit by a, um, a woman. Um that's right. I was driving Jeez. my dad's car. Um, The toll bridge was too expensive. So we came, we went the long way back through Highway 59. That's,
2: man, how, <laughs> how do
0: you remember all that?
2: Holy moly.
0: <laughs> because I edited it. So I've, I've listened uh, to it. That's true. Yeah. You yeah. listened to it way more yeah. than I would have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Lee. That's funny. Yeah, man, wow. I forgot about some of that. Those are some of the interesting episodes of the early part of the show. Was just like, this isn't going to be about movies. I'm just
2: yeah. See what sticks. Let's see what yeah. yeah throw yeah, things at yeah. the wall. Wow. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, that's Sweet. like half of what the show has become lately. Is just us catching up and you yeah. know yeah. Uh, oh, it's nice. Like wondering yeah. why Dustin's on his couch and
1: yeah, uh, just for comfort. Yeah, and why and why not? <laughs> and that's and that's the whole story. That's it. That's the story. All right. Um, I, we're going to skip the
0: weekly recommendation this week because uh, we got a bunch to discuss with the thing we are recommending, the main mm-hmm. thing we're recommending.
1: We're talking about 14 songs we hope to get. I've got a feeling. How many have we already recorded good enough? No. None of us has had the idea of what the show's going to be. I've got a feeling! I would dig to play on stage, you know. Nobody else wants to do a show. I think we've got a bit shy. Oh, no! yeah! Yeah! What could it be? Oh, yeah. Something in the way, she's It's not attracting me at
2: all. Just say whatever comes into your head each time. attracts me like a cauliflower until you get the word. <laughs>
1: There's a show to be had, you know, once we get over the nervousness. Take
0: ten.
2: I think we should forget the whole idea of this show. Mm -hmm. The meeting was fine, but then it all sort of fell apart in the end. So what's our next
1: move? We split George's instruments. It's going to be such a comical thing, like in 50 years' time. They broke up because Yoko sat on
0: an end documentary just grinding to a hold grinding to a halt. i think it's taking
2: off
1: <laughs> it? here we go <laughs> the best bit of us always has been and always will be is when we're backs against the wall all we've got is us what do you think when i find myself in times of trouble mother mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom. Do you want to do it once more then? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we we'll never get a chance to do
0: it again. So about a year ago, um, there was the release of The Beatles Get Back, um, which is a docu-series technically, but three-part documentary, eight-hour documentary. Yep. Yeah. Um, by Directed by Peter Jackson of The Lord of the Rings films and... You know, Peter Jackson, the Peter Jackson. And I believe I'm, I'm probably the last of us to have seen it. I, I, I watched it just now uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you guys, you two each saw it pretty soon after it dropped. Yeah. Um, is that correct, uh, Ian?
2: Immediately. I mean,
0: yeah, I watched yeah. it. I was up in
2: Charleston. I watched it with my family. It came out on Thanksgiving Day, I yeah. believe. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. And, so like it was, and it was, I was there for the whole weekend. So I just yeah. boom, boom, dropped. I was like, oh, it's 11 a.m. Yeah.
0: We got to go watch it.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That's what yeah. we did. Um, so you two were probably, so when it was, when it came time, because so I would heard it was good and I was like, okay, I like Peter Jackson documentary is good. It's on Disney plus, so I can watch it whenever I want. So I just sort of was like, all right, I'll get to it. And I just didn't get to it. And then finally I was like, I need to get to this. Cause it's been on my list for a while and I haven't, you know, done any work to chip away at it. I, I was trying to think of ways to like bring some of our friends onto the show. And so I, I, I lightly coordinate with other people with what they're watching so that it's real easy and natural for us to be together without forcing yep. people to watch the same movie just so we can hang right. out you know right um and uh so you two are dustin obviously you know obviously you're part of the show <laughs> um but it was like oh but i thought of you obviously and then ian because you were two are the probably the two biggest beetle fans i know um and that's after a light indexing of my of, of my acquaintances like i'm sure i know pretty sure. Other people who are huge fans of the Beatles because they're the Beatles. Um, but right. what comes to mind, obviously, is the two of you. Uh, so to give context to my relationship with the Beatles, um, I'm not as big of a fan. I'm I'm really not a music person. Um, I obviously enjoy good music, uh, but I, if you ask me, what's your favorite band? I don't know. I listened to a lot of counting crows and Dave Matthews band when I was in high school. And that's essentially my identity. Um, I listened to a lot of incubus between high school and college. So that's, that's stuck in there too. Um, the wallflowers, but I wouldn't call myself like a fan of any of these bands. I just, I just appreciate them because of different areas of my life where they were relatively front and center. um, and so the Beatles is one of those things. I just didn't grow up around Beatles music per se. Like whatever I absorbed through osmosis, through pop culture, which was significant because they're the Beatles, was there. But probably half the songs I knew from the Beatles, I didn't even realize those were from the Beatles. So it wasn't until college where music is inherently a big part of any, anyone's college experience. You start talking to people about music, especially when we went to SCAD, people are like, that's when I became aware of like Radiohead and shit like that, where it's like, and they're fairly mainstream, but like point is, it wasn't like a bunch of butt rock and stuff. It was, it was all of a sudden we've got like indie bands and weird, obscure stuff. And then, um, and then of course the Beatles. Um And I never considered myself a fan of them. I think I perceived them as just, I don't even want to say wholesome, but I think I just saw them as like, generically broad and somehow uninteresting uh and that was just part of what i was going through at the time was i didn't want anything uh socially acceptable <laughs> or <laughs> or milk toast bullshit music mm. and right it's, that's it's, which is funny which yeah, is hilarious because I would have enjoyed the Beatles very much if I yeah. could just yes. not yeah. be such That's a... That's why f- they
2: made their music. They were sick of the milk toast <laughs> bullshit. Right. And they were like, you that know what? Correct. We're going to do our own thing. And yeah. I was like,
0: yeah. no, they're stupid. It's really funny. And um, I wouldn't say I wrote them off completely, but I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Whenever someone was like, yeah, you should really, you know, uh, because I'm, I was 19 and stupid. Um, this is the same year I threw up all over my suitcase and I threw the trash can off the balcony. So... <laughs> you know, my judgment was, uh, is questionable. <laughs> this time. That's like, fair. Jumping off roofs, uh, So, um, <laughs> we you, did, you man, we jumped a lot. I pro- probably about that same week. And I was probably like, yeah, you know what? Let it be. Not that great.
1: <laughs> 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 so, you know, two wrongs.
0: Uh, Hi, well, no, if you, you had
1: said that, I definitely wouldn't have helped clean up your mess. So.
0: Yeah, no, you you would not have helped me uh mop up after that if I had been uh extra lippy about the Beatles.
1: Disparaging of the Beatles. So, I I
0: yeah. I, th- I think that uh I think I was polite about it, but I just I wasn't very interested. Um and I'm not going to go with being neg- uh, mega interested now um after seeing the documentary, but of course I will say that like of course <laughs> I'm I'm a lot less opinionated about shit that I don't know what I'm talking about now that I'm in my thirties, but like after watching the documentary, it is, uh, impressive how much footage there is of this session of these sessions, this, this month of, um, uh, recording they're doing. Um, and whether you're a fan of the Beatles, whether you're a casual fan of the Beatles or you're like a, a mega fan of the Beatles, um, it's really interesting and impressive and just, there's a whole lot for you to appreciate when you watch them actually doing the work of making the album. And um, especially at a time in their careers where this, this partnership is winding down, you suddenly, if you've been, if you never gave a second thought about how an album is made and how iterative it is and how monotonous or boring or like just how much you're just trying to like, you know, get the mood right to where you're feeling inspired and able to execute <laughs> Songs technically, um over and over and over again, and at the same time, like you're wondering like, am I talking too much? Am I controlling these people, and like you know, or do they think I'm trying to control them, like all the psychological dynamics that are at play while you're just trying to make music together it's hard like uh, you know if people people who have never thought about that or never even done music themselves probably don't realize like being in a band it's a lot of fucking work. It's um, a lot of work. It's not just <laughs> yeah. singing songs and being cool. It's like, there's a whole yeah. lot of psychological factors at play. Um, yep. Not to mention the, the instrument of your body being something you have to, you have to maintain. Um, that's hard. So I really appreciate the documentary for giving us a look at that, for giving me a look at that. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I found myself singing Beatles songs all week just because i've heard nothing else for eight hours but also yeah. because like there's just just good music um yeah. uh so yeah I, I'll, I'll talk more about some other stuff that i thought of during the documentary but um ian what about you you i mean well you both watched this like immediately so i mean similar s- situations but i mean ian, you've yeah. been a fan of the beatles for for how long i mean
2: forever since i was probably 11 or 12 Maybe before that, but that's when I like, that's when Soren got me into him and, mm-hmm. you know, Soren, but um, um, uh, he's just a buddy of ours that we went to. I went to grade school with him and he went to high school with me and me and Connor. And then we, I went to college with him, but, uh, and I play music with him and he lives yeah. out in LA. And so yeah. I haven't had the chance to play music with him forever. He's a composer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Film, yeah. film scoring. And like, but during COVID we were like playing Beatles songs just for fun. Cause you know me, I always upload. Uh, videos I mean, like playing songs on the guitar or whatever and we were trading back and forth on Facebook and you know people were like watching his but we weren't doing the same songs we were just picking they have 222 songs or 221 songs so we could have done it all of COVID you know but what it taught me was, well I got really good at the guitar but like I, that's what I do for a living anyway so it just helped it couldn't hurt to practice more so learning you know Beatles songs or whatever but anyway I was uh, visiting my mom and this is coming out and I was like oh my god if this came out when I was 10 years old I would know how to write a song because that's all Soren and I would talk about. We'd be like, "How do you think they wrote Maxwell Hammer? How do you think they <laughs> did that?" Like, I mean, we were like ten years old trying to figure it out. Because I know, I know, like deep down, like, music's just formulaic, and it's all you know. There are people in LA and Asheville that like can just go in a room and crank out ten songs a day because yeah. they're so good at the math. You they know what I mean? Figured it out. Yeah. And I knew that like the Beatles knew it too. Like I I even knew that at 10 or nine years old, you know, but I just didn't know how to do it. And then this documentary came out and I saw it and I saw that they weren't geniuses. They, they, I mean, they probably were like, you know, whatever, but they weren't geniuses. They sat in a room for 12 hours a day for 30 days. And I was like, if you do that with anything, it doesn't have to be music. It doesn't have to be any, if you sit in a room for 30 days. And work your ass off for 30 because you don't see it a lot. But they do a lot of drugs in this documentary and they do a very good job of hiding it, but you can catch it a few times. But uh, And we can talk about that later. But like John Leonard is a that. huge heroin addict and he was yeah. big on heroin during this. And you yeah. even see him. He has heroin on him. Yoko gives it to him, but it's very it's hard to tell. But then you hear him talking about his upper. They're doing like Adderall or whatever the, the equivalent of Adderall was at the time because mm. they're working for 12 hours a day yeah. on some sort of am- amphetamine yeah all day all day well, I mean, that's how they did everything they're all
0: like drinking all day during the sessions too yeah like, they're, they're, they're and you see like, man yeah. how do y'all possibly stay awake drinking all this wine i'd 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 i'd, I'd want to take a nap after one of those yep. and they <laughs> smoke all the
2: cigarettes i mean they yeah. don't yeah. stop but anyway yeah, yeah. i was oh. just like what was so cool about it was like uh or what i was most interested in was like i'm finally gonna get to see them create this music that i've always wanted to see how they do it and then when i saw it I just like got kind of hooked like a fan. I wasn't like hooked like a musician. I was like, man, this is fun. And then at the end of it, I was like, they really just sat in a room and worked. And it Mm. was, I mean, that's, it's so simple and it's so, you know, but it was hard to explain that. But it was like, you know, that's what they did. They worked for 12 hours a day. You see, they don't go into like noon, but they don't leave till 2 a.m. So it's not like they have to get up. It's like me. I don't, I don't wake up at seven. I mean, some days I do, but like I wake up at like 10 or 11 and get my stuff. I don't have any kids or whatever, but I play music at night. So, my work is a difference, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I think yeah. that, and there's, there's just a lot going on, yeah. but and we can get to it. But I, yeah, I was just most excited to see the creative process. And then when I saw the creative process, I was like, it's no different from mine. They just do it. They just, they, they don't right. go play wow for eight hours a day. They, they go sit at the <laughs> piano and write
1: it. I mean, you know, you, you got to do that. Yeah. Hey, you you, you, you can just can have to do that and play wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My my experience with the Beatles was a little bit different from both of you. So, I was first exposed to the Beatles probably when I was too young to remember um, but but I don't uh, I, I never had any particular affinity for their music until late high school into college um, like that was the part where I started to realize like oh like these guys had something and that's because they had, they'd released a compilation called Beatles one it was all their number one hits and, was, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah and so I listened through that and I was like every one of these is absolute fire like I love every single one of these and so then I do the the hard work and go back and buy all of the individual albums and realize there's an art to it like the way they're assembled um, every individual song I was so impressed by the fact that their genre their their genre hopping, right? Like, like, oh, this one feels like country. It's a Ringo number. And this one feels like, you know, this is more psychedelic. It's a John number. It's mm-hmm. a George number, whatever. And like you can, you can like pinpoint their personalities in these individual songs. And as I started to go deeper into the Beatles music, I started to realize that uh I, I was getting to know them personally. Um and and that, you know, oh, it's a love song, here comes Paul, right? And like you you start to kind of really hone in on like where their niches were and what their personalities were. And of course they were the most documented band of all time at the time. And so there's hours of footage you can find like just countless hours of, of, of footage to see their personalities shine through in interviews and, and like their irreverent British sense of humor that like John or George would have. And then like throw in like the self deprecating Ringo and like it, it it just kind of all, uh, feeds their personalities. And so what I really get out of the Beatles more than any other band ever is character, right? And so we talk about character a lot on the podcast in terms of film. And what I loved about this film is how it showcased the character of these four individual men and how, when they come together, they are somehow elevating each person and never diminishing each person's artistic gifts. So, You often hear things like, oh, Ringo's the luckiest person in show business, right? Like he didn't do anything and he ended up with the Beatles. And it's like, no, you have to understand that, that he was the most skilled musician that was... In the Beatles when they drafted him, right? Because he wasn't yep. their original drummer. And like they all looked up to him because he was so good. He was and, the best
2: musician in London or wherever they were li- Liverpool, right? Wherever they were living at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah wherever yeah. the and cavern then, was. Then, yeah. But I
1: think they met each other over in Hamburg. And so, and like that's sort of, then they came back over and is like Cavern Club and, you know, Pete Best and whatever. And then like, boom, here's Ringo and he elevates the whole number. And so it's such a, such a, um, like a, a misnomer to say Ringo was lucky or or George was lucky because they didn't do anything. It was just all Lennon McCartney. But the fact is each of these guys contributed something great and going to what Ian said, they got in a room and Paul would come in and be like, Hey, I have this melody. Like, it's not long. It's just like this little thing. And then, and then John's like, Oh, add this to it. And John adds something. And then George adds something. And then they're just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally Ringo's like, all right, you ready? Here we go. And like, he's just there. And so like it, it, It showcased that each member of this band, when they're working at their best, they are, uh, the perfect match for each other in in a way that maybe no other band in history has ever been, um, and, and like that's, that's a tall order, sure, but, but I think it's true. And, and the Beatles were, were singular in that way. I, I just, what I loved most about the documentary was kind of getting to know them and, and see their process and, and, I think the way I put it afterwards was like, it just feels a little bit like you just spent eight hours with your best friends. Like that's kind of how it feels. And like, yeah, you know, it's a little bit, uh, whitewashed in terms of like, Oh, they're always great. And the drugs are off to the side, or maybe they didn't happen. And yeah, it may not be the full complete picture, but at the end of the day, this is, this is the most complete picture we have of them in the studio, Ever, date. I think. Yeah. Ever. Right. Yeah. 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 um, And, and, it, and it's just, a, it, it's fascinating because like, there's a point in the film and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute where I felt like, okay, this is kind of dragging, like you can kind of chop this up a little bit, but then like when it's over, I'm like, oh crap. Like, I know y'all have 50 hours more of this. Just mm-hmm. give it to me. Like I just I'm want ready. all of I'm it. I'm so excited like, for it. Like so give, give me more. And uh, and I know Peter Jackson is working on another Beatles project. I don't know what it is. It hasn't been. There's no details for it at all. I'd be fine if it's just more of this. Like yeah. that's fine. I don't know where you go story wise because obviously the story's kind story's of completed. But but yeah, I mean it. I I I loved the film. And, or the docu series, whatever you want to call it, I, I thought it was great, and I love the Beatles, and I always have, and uh, I think they'll always be my favorite band of all time. Um, and and yeah, it's funny. I, I remember in college talking a lot about the Beatles with Kellen, um, and then occasionally with John. But yeah, you're right. Like I don't remember ever really talking about the Beatles much with with you, Connor. And and it's weird because until you said that, I didn't put in put the pieces together. Like. I don't think we ever talked about the Beatles um, and like, like not, not at length or yeah. if we did, you probably yeah. just humored me and we're like, yeah, they're good. you know. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like that, that's really when, when I fell in love with the Beatles and what they were doing and, and it's the whole art school thing. Sure. But it's yeah. also just, you know, like I said, the, the, the four individual guys coming together and making something great. Um, Yeah.
0: A lot of people, a lot of foursomes and in groups, like uh, at some point compare themselves to the Beatles, like, oh, which Beatle I am, you know, which I don't know if we ever did that. Uh, (laughs) I certainly didn't. Right. No. uh, No, I I would never have. uh, Yeah. Anytime we talked about the Beatles, it was always in a group. Like if I ever heard about the Beatles, it was always because we were all in the car. Yeah, sure. You know, we were talking about the Beat the Beatles guys on the radio or the. You yes. Know, the uh,
1: and I, I'm sure sh- I'm sure I probably had the Beatles going every time oh, you yeah. were in my car. Oh, yeah. We, we, we listen to the Beatles yeah. all the
0: time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, No. Yeah.
0: And just to be clear, I feel self conscious about this now.
1: It was never I was never
0: <laughs> like, oh Jesus Christ, the fucking Beatles again. Like I was never like, you know, we're turning on like, hey, let's listen to let's listen to the White album, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> never, yeah, never no, anything I, like
0: that. I was just like I, I
1: okay. just would have assumed, oh, Hooper loves the Beatles. He's always around when we play them. <laughs> he's, <know>? always so, <laughs> he's always so
0: quiet and attentive when we play it. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, no, I never
0: We had I, a joke I, in
2: high school about the Rolling Stones, remember? Cause you were like, The Rolling Stones better than the Beatles. And I was always
0: like, No, dude. I, they, I they don't know to tell were, you, but you're they wrong. Were definitely they were definitely more my speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They 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 were, I mean I don't know if I could, I'd, I'd have to do a similar deep dive on them. I'd have to watch an eight hour documentary about them to,
2: I wish there was one I'd watch it. And yeah, I'm not I'd even ro- too. like, I'm not a Rolling well, Stones the, the fan, close, but I would watch it. The closest
0: thing it. to it right now is that Martin Scorsese documentary from 2006. Remember that mm-hmm. shine a light, mm-hmm. yeah. which was yep. really cool. And at the time they're like, Oh my God, they're 65. I can't admit, I can't believe they're still touring. Yeah. They're like 80 now. And Mick Jagger just had another kid. He can still
1: sing. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, he can you know, do true. more well, than I mean, sing. Well enough. Well, yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, Paul and Ringo are still touring. I thought yeah. you were Paul Ringo's still making babies. And Paul
2: mostly plays everything in the original key, which has always still fascinated me that his voice yeah. is mostly yeah, the crazy. same. His, his voice has crazy. only
0: gotten higher as he's aged. Yeah,
2: right? Like <laughs> uh, I, I still haven't, I've never had a chance to see him.
1: I, I saw Paul in 08, I think it was. He came through Atlanta. Um, Ringo's coming to Atlanta this year, and I keep toying with the idea, or Maybe it's like in a month. Anyway, I ke- I keep toying with the idea of doing it and I just haven't because look, I full disclosure, I, I would love to see Ringo, uh, but the, the draw is not quite as, as big as Paul, like Paul no. was Paul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 2008. But, I remember, I vaguely remember this, Dustin.
1: Yeah. I was in college. It was, I think it was a, it was a, either a summer break or I think it was a summer concert. Yeah. In 2008. Yeah, so, yes. So it would have been after our, after our sophomore year. In two thousand eight or two thousand
0: nine, it was February. Apparently, John and I went to a Jay Z concert. Did
1: you really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you remember? How did I not know this? No, it was in Atlanta, and and I, I we went to we went to like the whatever center downtown and saw a Jay Z concert, and um, hmm. uh, this is when Lil Wayne was in jail, but everyone thought like he'd he'd like show up somehow. Like, He's gonna be here. I heard he was gonna be here. It's like, man, he's in jail. Shut up.
1: Anyway, uh, speaking of Jay Z, this is mildly related. Have you ever heard the gray album? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you know what this is? So, Jay Z has the black uh, album, right? Yeah, and the Beatles have the white album. There's a guy who 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 mashed them up and is created it, the gray album. It good. It's pretty it, it's pretty good It's listenable. a long time. It's yeah, listenable. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. look, hey, there's some Beatles.
2: I'm a super fan of the Beatles. I would honestly say they're my second favorite band because I put Steely Dan just above just in terms of caliber of musicianship and all this kind of crazy stuff. Sure. But there's not not all of their songs are bangers, at least in my opinion. I think they're all good. I think they're all marketable. I think they probably all sold incredible, you know, but but in my personal ear my opinion I'm like some of these I hate and some of them like the fidelity is so bad even in the remasters I'm like I can't appreciate this because actually I can because I listen to a lot of blues from the 30s and 40s but like I can't really appreciate low fidelity pop yeah. music from the 60s. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just sure. like, <laughs> sure. and I just don't want to hear that. Yeah. And if there's a remaster of it later, sure, I'll check it out. But there are songs like that where I'm like, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. Yeah. Uh, but every song in this documentary are some of my favorite. And that rooftop concert is probably one of the more iconic concerts. in the. Hit. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of other iconic concerts, like the Live Aid 89 or when, when, the one, the Queen, when they did the Freddie Mercury movie that mm-hmm. concert's pretty iconic you mm-hmm. know yeah um yep. and then like i, I don't know those, those are the big ones right and there's probably an elton john one that's like really iconic or whatever um but the rooftop concert or something i think everybody who has at least heard of the beatles knows they played on the roof and i think if you if you know the like i know the history of the beatles pretty well soren was the one who always taught me but you know through the years you learn a lot more but Yep. I think if you know what's going to happen, you know that the rooftop concert is the last concert the Beatles ever played in public. Yeah, I didn't and, know that at the and time. So yeah, because if you know this. all this stuff, you know exactly what's going to happen in the documentary in terms of, oh, these guys aren't going to be happy the whole time. Something's going to happen, you know. And no. I, I, I think it's cool. And then the casual fans, like you said, because that's my favorite thing about this movie. And I think I said that a year ago on Facebook when I posted, I was like, please go watch this movie. Even if you've never touched an instrument in your life, even if you've never heard music, you should watch this documentary for the sheer volume of, of material from the 60s that they dug up and made it look incredible, the fact mm-hmm. that they mixed all this music and history together, the fact they had even the still shots that had, like, the captions and stuff, and, it, like, mm-hmm. when they do the big the conversation, you know, the teapot conversation, that's done so well, and it's just crazy that the Lindsay Michael Hodges or whatever his name was yeah. had yeah. the foresight, and this is before documentaries were really, really, he had the foresight to, like, have people on the roof and 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 yeah. have this teapot microphone yeah. and, and have a he yeah. who thinks of that nobody that, did a documentary that like that. that. Guy it blew ahead. my mind, man. Yeah. It yeah. blew my mind. It blew my mind. And if, if you watch the very first episode in the first two minutes of the show, I think it shows him, and it's just like this side silhouette shot. And he's lighting this cigar in this in the room that they all hated. And he's yep. lighting this, and it looks so bad. And in my head, I yeah. was like, "Man, I can't wait to talk about how badass that guy is tonight because he <laughs> is." Him and Mal Evans, and and uh, the the producer, what was his name? Um.
1: Uh. uh, you, uh you, um. Uh. Uh, George Johns, Martin Glenn Glenn, Johns, Martin. The oh, Glenn guy, Johns the younger guy the younger guy sorry yeah, not George yeah, yeah, yeah sorry yeah.
2: Uh, Glenn Johns style he was so mod yeah, man yeah. he was so 60s yeah, yeah. and mod and there's all, yep. all kinds of little things like, like you know George Harrison not giving a shit about the ticket on his car and they like it was just yeah. so badass and I was like you know what you don't even have to like music you can just watch this like who are these four dudes man that think they're cooler than like and they were yeah they were. Yeah. Nobody in the world was as famous as they were ever. And
1: they're all, what, 28 at the time? It's yeah, like they're so they're all the they all older than
0: That's the weirdest are. thing. I'm looking at, like, George yeah. Harrison's teeth and everyone's, like, skin. I'm like, yep. God, I, f- I would think that y'all were, like, 40, but that's just the Heroin. <laughs> Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Heroin. Heroin, yep. cigarettes, yep. alcohol. Yep. Yeah. They didn't yeah.
2: eat, man. You saw that. They had like butter yeah. and toast. Those dudes did yeah. not eat. <laughs> just, well, they yeah, were I all just, on Adderall or whatever yeah. the equivalent was. Yeah, I don't yeah. know it's what just, it was called it, back it, then. Yeah, well
0: it's all the it's all the smoking and and marmalade toast with with a bunch of, you know, gin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. They do. Yep. They all look older than us, or at least what I think I look like at 20. I mean, yeah. I'm 33 now. Yeah. And I yeah. still feel like, like, you know, John looked old. Like, he looks older than me. Wait, yeah. especially when he had that beard, you know, George, yeah. Jesus, like, you know, I know. Yeah. All things must pass. George was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one foot in yeah. the grave, you know?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, But yeah, no. there's a lot of, and there's things like, so uh, I don't know if I want to go off on it, but you know, Mal, Mal Evans, their road manager that like, he got to play the hammer. He's the one that if you're just trying to put the face of it, he's got he got to play the hammer on Maxwell. And I just love that he got to do that. And knowing that mm-hmm. now when I hear that song, I never knew yeah. that. So knowing that yeah. now I'm like, oh my God, Mal, you know, cause Mal's yeah. dead. Mal, Mal was actually killed by the police and, and, and um, he had like a BB gun on him and he was going through some hard times and depression cause he went through a divorce and the cops came into his home and he wouldn't put the gun down. And it was a BB gun, but yeah, he was, he was killed by the police on accident, you know, Damn. and it's really tragic, you know, cause Mal, Mal wrote a really good book. Um, I, I'll have to Google the name of it, but it's about him. Oh no, sorry. Not Mal. Uh, Mal didn't write the book. You know, the redheaded roadie, the young, young kid in the documentary mm-hmm. that you see like a handful of times, he's got curly red hair. Um, yep. he just put out a documentary book, uh, a book, a biography about mm. working on the road with the Beatles. And he talks about Mal a lot and Mal already had a book out from the eighties or nineties or whatever. And that's the one I read yeah. around the same time as doc. Cause I was just, I was in Beatles mania mode, man. You give me an yeah, eight yeah. hour documentary. I was soaking it up. I watched it five times in a week. I mean, that's yeah, all yeah. I, I did for a week because i just quit my job you know and i've been doing music full time (laughs) since i quit my job at thanksgiving and so like that was fuel man and i would i watched it like five times and then i got home and i was like soren you want to watch it and like we couldn't do it because i'd watched it so much i was like you know what i honestly can't watch this thing i'm so sick of hearing let it be and i'm so (laughs) because i play all these songs all the time you know oh but anyway yeah so like there's some the coolest part to me, about the doc it's not just the Beatles. There's, there's so many inner, you know, interweavings in there that you see. Like, there's that whole conversation they have with that famous actor that I don't really know who he is. But the guy when he comes on set and they're all talking in is a circle, Peter, yeah. Sellers. Yeah, yeah. Peter Sellers. Yeah, Peter Sellers a comedian, yeah. right, or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, Pink Panther,
1: the Pink Panther. The Pink Pink, Pink, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Doctor so he's like Love. super famous, casually
2: yeah. just chilling with yeah. the Beatles, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then there's just I personally break up the series. I think they did a, it's perfect. Like. The way they show the first episode, you're like, man, this is awesome. And then towards the end, you're like, oh, what's going on? And then the second yep. episode, you're like, oh, these guys are pissed at each other, but they're able to sit in the room and work. And then, and then, um, Billy Preston shows up, yeah. something clicks, something yep. just clicks in that episode. Yep. And you're like, oh, and, yeah. and I don't know how because, to explain it because when because I saw George it, Because George Harrison's it a genius. Yeah, George
0: Harrison. It was his. He's the one who brought him in because he was like, if I bring in an outsider, it will focus everybody. And well, he did,
1: did the same man. thing during the White Album. Clapton. He brought in Eric Clapton for "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" and was like, mm. everyone's going to be on their best behavior if I bring in Eric. And somebody yes. they
2: idolized Eric because he was the yeah, t- yeah, yeah. T- t- cream of the crop, basically at the time. Yeah. You know, in no pun of- intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's my favorite guitar player, so you know I could talk about him forever. But Cream yeah, was yeah. a band he was in. Cream, Jack yeah. Bruce, oh, Ginger sorry. Baker. I was like, yeah, yeah, is this something like <laughs> weird? But, uh, crossroads? but yeah, 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 and it clicks. I and mean, then the final episode's yeah, yeah. like, I, you don't even need to show it to me. I knew it was going to happen. They're going to show me the rooftop concert. But this is again the Lindsey Michael Hodges guy. Yeah. He, he had a fucking camera in the lobby. He had a camera yeah. hidden in the lobby. He had a yeah. camera on yeah. the roof. The dude,
0: I don't. How did he know, man? How did he know? Funniest constable yeah. in the world. <laughs> constantly <laughs> oh messing yes. with his little lip chin thing. Yes. And I was just like, bro, just take the helmet. Just take it off. Take it right. off, man. Oh, look, yeah, it's okay. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, yeah, yeah. He's,
0: like he's, he's borderline chewing on it because <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. fit.
2: And there's yeah, little, I mean, you watch it enough times, you catch it all. But like, oh, uh, that roof, if, watch the third episode. If I like the second episode the most, so I've seen it the most. But in the third episode, there's a lot going, I like to, uh, the first time I watched it, I was just soaking it in. Second time I watched it, whatever, same thing. But the more I watched I was like, okay, this time I'm just going to focus on Paul. Okay, yeah. this time I'm just going to focus on Ringo. There's yeah. a part at the end of it where they cut off George Harrison's amp. And you see him, but you're not paying attention because they're playing. And he, yeah. dude, the look he gives, I think it was Mal that cut his ant. Look yeah. he, and he he's like, boom. And he flips that switch in the back of the amp and he just goes, dang, dang, and he keeps playing. I was yeah. just like, oh my
1: God. What it's happened so good. was
0: what happened was so you know, obviously like the the police kind of wear them down. Like for they keep them in the lobby for for the first bit of it. And then they kind of sort of kind of have to start giving in and like let them go to the roof. And then acting on their instructions, Mal comes over and he turns the amps off. So George just turns around and turns his back on defiance. And so then Mal, Mal like adjusts it like you know correctly, and then he turns John's back on. He turned off John's and George's amps because John tries to. At that point, he goes, "Okay, Paul, it's done." Paul and Ringo keep playing. George turns his amp on, and then Mal turns John's back on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. oh, there's a uh, yeah, because you know, the you know, okay, I know who now you're gonna remember who he is the guy that had to hold the words for them on his knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. the guy yeah. who, who just wrote the book. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy, that's the guy. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, and so there's also on the rooftop scene when the cops come, mm-hmm. John, go back and watch it, but John hands his stash to Yoko, mm. and you, you, gotta, you gotta watch it a few times because really? it's real quick. But I don't and it's probably just pot or whatever. But but he was big on heroin at the time. Yeah. And there's another scene when they're in the 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 Abbey Road area that it's probably some form. it's either cocaine, probably not because he was on downers. So it's probably heroin that he was sniffing. And you can see, I mean, she hands it to him and it's like, yeah, that's like the baggie full of. you can't tell what it is, but it's not. It's not vitamin, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And But on the roof, you see as soon as the cops come, like they all were just like, and they gave it all to Yoko. And I just thought, about, I was like, man, is she the fall guy? Because all they would do is like expedite her. She wasn't American, right? Wasn't she Canadian or something like that? She was not an American citizen. I don't think I, I might have to Google that, but I think, you mm. know, they would just send you back to your home country or whatever. You know what I mean? And I so, think yeah. that's, you know, that's my thinking, yeah, you know, all the rules or whatever. But yeah, it's just crazy that he had the forethought to put those cameras everywhere, the mics yeah. everywhere. Just everything was just, I don't know how it worked out. So Because there were so many things that almost didn't work out. Yeah. And then it did, you know? There's a few yeah. things, you know? And uh, there's, a, there's a couple, like, you know, they did, they did kind of want to do like an
0: Arabian Nights thing. And they were just well, like, no, yeah, the, yeah, like you the, know, the label wanted them or whoever was in charge. They mm. were like, let's do a big concert like in front of like the Mediterranean. I was looking at those yep. concept drawings. Picture like, this:
2: five thousand yep. yeah. Arabs. yeah Sword like this, and I. This, I'll just yeah. text them that every once in a while, like on a Tuesday, I'll just be like, <laughs> picture this: four hundred and ninety-nine million Arabs, and
0: I just, it, I just, it, it, the number changes every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah just imagine <laughs> f- uh, five thousand Arabs, and like, this, this picture looks like like Flash Gordon or like some some <laughs> Edgar yeah. Rice Burroughs. Yeah. John yeah. Carter of Mars, like yep. <laughs> you know, amphitheater, yeah. like Sam Castle looking thing. <laughs> and I was they like, try to well, get it, oh, it, him It's just
1: proof, it's just proof the label didn't know what the Beatles were. Nobody yeah. knew what the Beatles were. You know, like e- even throughout e- in the early days, right? Brian Epstein and everything, they mm-hmm. they're 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 like keeping to this very clean mop top suit kind of thing right but but nobody knew what the beatles were the beatles knew what they were and it wasn't really until like rubber Soul, revolver that they started to be like all right let's just like let's just get a little more edgy in here and like not everything has to be a love song and then like sergeant peppers blows it out of the water right so but like the beatles always had a pretty firm understanding of who they were and the label never did. The the managers never did. Like Brian 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 was a great friend to them, and and like a, a, a brother to them, and kind of a, another Beatle. Um, but but and he always stood up for them. But it was it was the Beatles who knew what they were. Um, and and Brian just sort of supported them to the label, and so even in that, even in that moment, um, the label saying like, you know, picture this and it's, it's not anything the Beatles ever would have done. Like they're, they're pitching something that's like not, it's just not in their, in their vocabulary. Um, this on the roof, like that's the Beatles. And, and it's easy to say in hindsight, that's the Beatles, but that's the Beatles.
0: Because at the time, like George didn't want to go up there. Uh, I think John didn't want to go up there. Even Paul, it's so weird watching them like argue about what, how this thing should go. And you're just petty things. this could just have easily not been the, the rooftop concert. This could just as easily have been like a, a, you know, a, a live concert without George. It was so interesting just like how the things went like this all happened this way because George was like, I'm not coming back unless we scrap the live show because we're trying to do too much stuff. Yeah. Reminded yep. me a, a lot of me and Dustin talking about this show. Like, sometimes <laughs> like, well, like we're doing too
1: much stuff. <laughs> yeah. like it, It's the, it's the epitome. The rooftop concert is the epitome of let's just get it done. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what the Beatles were. I mean, that's what sitting in the room for 12 hours a day is it's, let's just get it done and, and let's focus on the music, but the theatricality of it doesn't matter. That's not what we're here for. In fact, this whole thing can be raw and stripped down and unplugged and I don't care. Let's just get the music out. Let's just do the thing. And, and, and that's, what's so great about it. And going back to Michael Lindsay Hogg, um, have, have, have you, Ian, I, I assume Hooper, you haven't, but have, have you seen the original like Michael Lindsay Hogg's original version of this? Oh, I thought um, it never released. No, I, no I'll have it, to check it, it out. It if It released.
0: Did. It's it's out of print mostly. it's find I don't think it was
1: ever released on home video. It was you know released it was in the theater. No, it, it,
0: it well it, it was released, but they basically like kind of it was like the mid '80s where they sort of like shuttered it and they they didn't mm. make it released. But it so was, it's
1: just it's just called Let It Be. Yeah, and okay. um and the the Beatles. It's sort of infamously hated it, right? Like Paul and Ringo have said, as long as we're alive, that version's never seeing the light of day. Um, and the reason is it was edited in such a way to emphasize the drama and de-emphasize the artistic collaboration well, and, and so. To and them, the levity,
0: because there are plenty the levity, of times during this documentary, they're just fucking around, funny. and it's, it's funny. funny.
1: Yeah, they're just having fun, yeah. and 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 that's that's what. Um, Hog originally kind of cut out of Let It Be. And, and that's sort of the shame of it. And so what Peter Jackson did was Next make year. sure, like, yeah, let, let's just give the more full picture. So you get the drama. Sure, there's drama in can, here. Can Is I real gonna, quick? Yeah, go just ahead. Just
0: to add to that, because I, I, I this keeps popping in front of mind and I, I keep losing it. The idea that this was just going to be like a two hour something documentary released in theaters. Yeah. And then it was COVID that changed it to an eight hour docu-series on Disney plus and how completely different it would have been if it had to go down to like a, a feature length runtime. And I don't think it would have made the same mistakes that let it be made, but it would have been a lot harder to flesh out and, and kind of give detail. I think the documentary is over long personally, but the idea that like in this case, like, no, just letting the whole thing breathe and just kind of, be this big atmosphere where you're absorbing this complicated relationship between these people, the good, the bad, you know, the tense, the, the, the funny, all that stuff hard to do and go through the plot of this month of music. If you cut the length into a quarter and which is so when we keep saying like, you know what this documentary did better than the other one, it's like, man, so much of that is just because, they were like, sure, it's not going to go to theater now because what the hell? We don't know what's going on. Make it as yeah. long as you want. And Peter said, oh, cool. I'd like to make an eight hour film <laughs> because yeah, then I, Peter right. Jackson. He knows how yeah. to do that. Yeah, let <laughs> him do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been told that the extended version is going to be like something about double the time, like 16 to 18 hours. Oh, boy. Yeah. I can't and I'm do assuming that, but... it's just alternate takes. It's just going to yeah. be alternate takes of the songs. There's probably not yeah. a whole lot of dialogue because all the good, yeah. juicy stuff we saw. Because if there yeah. was good juicy stuff, they would have put it in there. It's just going to be us watching them do let it be take number 47 and 46 yeah, yeah. and 45. That's all yeah. it's going to be. I'm sure. Like, yeah.
1: By by the way, so talking about that too. That's one of my favorite things about the documentary is as somebody who's super familiar with the finished version of these songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, both both the 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 original version that's the the uh what's his name? Phil Spector version, um and then and then the stripped down let it be naked version. Like I'm super familiar with both of these versions and and what's great about this is watching them arrive at it. Yeah. So it's like every time they perform, I've got a feeling, it gets a little bit closer. Yeah. And a little bit closer. Yeah. And a little bit closer. And and it's like, I know what it is. Yeah. I know what this sounds. I know what it's supposed to sound like, Paul. All you have to do is just tweak that one thing. And it's like, he did it. He did it. He did it. He did and it. They and, they did it. Did and like the, that's the coolest like, part. This
0: is the version that appears on the album. You're like, oh, of course it is. Because and it's like, the, I know that. Yeah. It's the payoff, the payoff of watching uh, it at the end of this like, you know, seven, eight hour like Odyssey, You've got yeah. them finally, you know, going through like, okay, that version wasn't that great. Or they keep stopping eight seconds in yeah. a song because the fucking thing's out of tune or something, or yeah. someone wants to make a joke or John forgot the lyrics or something. There's always something where just like, yeah. ah, this just, but you're fine. Cause it's like, oh, cool. I'm watching the Beatles. And then- that's that's what's add what adds to the magic of the rooftop concert. It's just like it's lighting in a bottle. Not only is it impromptu, like for the performers, because they apparently decided like at the last second, okay, we'll go up there. Like everything was set up, yeah. everything was ready, yeah. and they were like, "Do we want to go up there?" They go up there, they perform for forty two minutes, and yeah. pretty much every single version, every single song they sing is flawlessly executed, despite the fact yeah. that they're outside. It's cold. Um, they're on a, a roof. <laughs> uh, yeah. The police are there, and yeah. there's no do overs. And it's yeah. really interesting that that the idea that for for people like George to go, we just need to focus on the sound, like just make the music. Once they yeah. just go and they're like, hey, we're not in a studio recording an album. We're not. There's there's a little bit more pressure to perform. Then they perform. And it sounds yeah. excellent. I, yeah. I'm i like you guys, I'm surprised that we were able to get this quality of video because, you yeah. know, because film was excellent and, and remastering equipment is so excellent these days. So yeah. it just looks great. I was so amazed that they were able to get the quality of musical, like of, of, of sonic quality from what look in comparison, even to our microphones, like dingy little, like me or like podium mics. They look like almost but they're not They're They sound great. They're this, it's the, it's the sixties it's fed through this old ass board and it sounds tremendous. Uh, I I don't understand how that works, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think that uh, I think that building up to that payoff of Nope, this, if you iterate, you put the work in, you do it over and over and over again, then you say, okay, this is your last chance this week or whatever to play this song they just do it and the only time yeah. someone messed up was john forgot the lyrics to the thing and he just sang gibberish and it was hilarious
1: <laughs> yeah right well that and that's another one of my favorite things about the beatles is when when you say that the song is flawless it's, it's not always flawless, but that's what makes it flawless. And, and that's the, that's the cool thing. So if you go back and listen to some of like the early Beatles, you'll notice like the, the backup vocals, sometimes they'll forget the lyrics, but yeah, they leave yeah, it. Yeah. And like in the studio track like they revolution just didn't, when they say yeah, e- like evolution
2: and or whatever they say, you know, because yes, they're both exactly. singing two it, different words.
1: Exactly. Or yeah. Maxwell silver hammer. You can hear Paul laugh yeah, in one of the yeah. lines, right? Like, like these, these are mistakes or the famous one in, in, uh, in rain, where if you count it out, it's either, I, I I've heard two stories. It's either that Ringo makes a mistake and adds an extra, an extra, uh, an extra hit, uh, or, or it's a mistake in the edit. Um, but either way, if you, if you actually count it out one and two and three and four, and there's an extra one. And, and so like all of these things that you, that you sit and, and, uh, and analyze, it's like, it wasn't perfect, but that's what made it so great is it's like, we're just making music and it doesn't have to be this thing. And, and that's, that's all of art, right? You don't, you don't yeah. have to, like your masterpiece doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes it's perfect by its imperfections that's- and, and. And that's art. That's That's what art
0: is. That's the craziest thing. Like to, to the, when you said that Dustin, like I think of filmmakers like David Fincher who will make an actor do 90 takes until it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Kubrick did the same thing. Yeah. And it's
0: like, I understand the wisdom of that. Yeah. That sounds miserable. That sounds miserable for the director, for everyone involved. And I know when it comes out, it's perfect. Yeah. But man, is that worth it? Do you want to spend your life (laughs) living like that?
1: and on the other side of the coin, you have your Clint Eastwoods who mm-hmm. will famously do like one or two takes like you, he, he his two reasoning or three is like, more. His, his reasoning is like, Hey, I trust my actors. If that's the yeah. choice you make great. And, yeah. and like, I understand that too, but like, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's a, um, it is not blur broadly applicable, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> I, I, I disagree right. with that
0: approach. I, I right. understand sure. do, do yes. three or four minimum for God's sake
1: right 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 but yeah it, it, it's 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 great there it is that's the <laughs> yeah, picture there, I was talking
2: about dude he yeah. looks so awesome man he looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah. regular
0: like just like this like man, man person and then like He's a
2: genius is what yeah, he is it's like, this is
0: the director it's like who's this who's this asshole and then he yeah they like right. oh he's probably yep. like
2: god they hated that room that was like almost one of the first lines in the whole it was documentary hilarious. which just they like just constantly sucks. Complained. <laughs> they just well, yeah. it did yeah. suck. <laughs> they're like
0: well it's gonna be full of stuff it's like well right now it's just a big empty room like yeah, i mean
2: look at yeah it's but there's nothing in there like yeah i guess they were gonna film in there was that the plan they were gonna film in the yeah. studio or whatever yeah, yeah. but yeah. it just sounded awful and then somebody did not <laughs> yeah i forgot about yeah. the, the, the hard crush guys yep. sorry that just gives yeah. me yeah Dude, those guys are, you know, it's, here's a crazy story. I saw it on that weekend and we went to downtown Charleston and we're walking around and who do I meet but a Hari Krishna, like walking. (laughs) I swear to God, like I was just, I just finished the documentary that morning and I'm like walking on the street. He's like, Hey man, (laughs) can I talk to him? I'm like, Hey, I was like, are you a Hari Krishna? He's man. cosplaying. Yeah, no, he was like, he was like collecting yeah. donations and say so he was like grifting basically. But oh. I bought the books because he was like, oh, and I was like, here's five bucks. And he gave me like 10 books on my diet and I read them all on the airplane. And you know what? Seriously? Actually, <laughs> when you read that, I read like the one, the, the the one that was like the, it was like the, you know, whatever this religion is for dummies basically. And it's just like <laughs> living by the golden rule. Like it really, honestly, there wasn't anything yeah. too mixed. Is that up. why they wear the golden
0: sweaters? And, well, they used to wear <laughs> orange
2: now, I think too. I'm not sure, but I, but they, um, but like you know, George Harrison wasn't like you know, he wasn't too far off his rocker. It was really more about like you know, just yeah, yeah. treating other. But they did a weird job of showing because I mean, this dude was like yeah, praying yeah. for John or praying for George or whatever. I mm-hmm. think they ended yeah. up kicking those guys out, right? They kicked the. Yeah, because yeah. they started fighting a lot too. They just got rid of everybody, I think, except for like them and you know. Well, well. and
1: and and the other Beatles were never quite as as passionate about that as George was. Um, mm-hmm. Like they 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 all went to India. Um, India. And 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 it was like they, they all had a good time. Sure. But only George was like getting anything from it. And the other <laughs> Beatles were just there for vacation. This it seemed cool. like and like and like they picked up a few things like, oh, OK, I still meditate, whatever. But they, they, they it was never really one a thing of the things they them. picked
0: up was a strip of acid.
2: Yeah. Did you know that yeah. when Ringo went, they said he'd brought like a suitcase full of baked beans because he didn't want to eat the food in yeah, India. I heard
1: that. I heard that. <laughs> I said, no. Seriously?
2: Yeah. That's yeah. that's what they yeah. say. Yeah. I don't know. My yeah. aunt told me that just, too. And yeah. yeah. Because they, dude, they made fun of him so much. They did not yeah. want to go to India with George.
1: Yeah. And they were yeah. making fun well, of him in this. That's why he was getting yeah. his feelings
2: hurt, you know?
1: You know what's funny? So, one one of my early can memories Can you imagine going through TSA Beatles.
2: with a suitcase of baked beans now? <laughs> <Big> beans. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: I keep picturing- I'm not picturing canned
0: beans. I'm picturing, sir, we got to check your bag. You just open it and just- Blarm. It's just- <laughs> it's just spill <splat-line>. <laughs> out. He's pre-opened to them. Because he's British. It's already sir, cooked. Sir, what
1: is this? I <laughs> don't believe beans. in cans. I can't travel <laughs> with cans. Those are, are my beans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> travel, you can fit more beans if you take them out that's of the That's Exactly they, what he wanted. They form into the shape of the suitcase.
1: With <laughs> all the beans on my fingers, the beans
0: set <laughs> on my
1: fingers. You're licking my beans. Uh, oh man, oh, that's good. Uh, oh, that's funny, man. One, one of my earliest Beatles memories is not the Beatles at all, but a parody. Um, Pinky and the Brain had an episode where. Uh, you know, the, the, the plot of that was always that brain was trying to take over the world. And one of the things that he did was he opened up a camp in India and he was like the, the, the head guru and like all these people flocked to him and, uh, and they had the Beatles there like learning under brain. And, uh, <laughs> and so that was like one of, one of the first things that I, that like stuck with me and they, they make like a ton of Yoko Ono jokes and that, and that's where I first became aware of who that was. And you yeah. know.
2: But you can honestly, don't you think we all owe Yoko Ono a little bit of an apology? I was going to yeah, say Yeah, we totally do. Maybe not because, for the wide album because they were literally sleeping like in the studio. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Nobody wants well, to see you and your girlfriend
0: like No, I mean there's but, there's a fair amount of there's a fair amount of justifiable annoyance at hey, like we just do this with the four of us recording and yeah. now you're just bringing your girlfriend in. Yeah, And I know you're in love with her and that's great, but like, what the hell? And it just was sort of, I mean, there's no one, Yoko was not like the catalyst for the breakup of the, of the Beatles. She was a symptom of it. You know, she was, it's like, that was already happening and they care, John, I guess in this case, cared less, uh, you know, d- just cared less about their whole policy of why can't we bring people in like it, you know, and then yeah. of course, eventually, as you see in here, no one, respect to that rule. Paul's bringing people, you know, everyone's wife His shows up. His daughter's there. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Linda, yeah. Yeah, Linda's there. Uh, Ringo's wife is there. George's Maureen wife is there. comes in. Hey, the yeah. fucking Hare Krishna guy's showing up. Like, sure, you come to yeah. Whatever. Who who cares? Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, Peter Sellers. <laughs> Peter Sellers yeah, just yeah, walks in yeah. goes, hey, you know, and it's, but like, yeah, the, the, because the popular, the popular consensus was that Yoko Ono is single-handedly responsible for the Beatles breaking up and it's not it was never like, true. it's it was never true, but it's also like even Paul in here, like and, and no one, I've keep hearing one thing and another. Like some people say it's evident in the documentary that they're annoyed that she's there. Um, or maybe uncomfortable that she's there. I call it self-conscious. Maybe it's weird when, you know, your bandmate is like, you know, giggling it up with his girlfriend and you're sitting right next to there. Like, okay, are we yeah. going to play another song? Other than that, I don't see much. I don't see much else in it and even paul defends her in that like paul expressly yeah. it's like that that's it like him and ringo are both they're talking about yoko this before john and her show up and he says like i'm people not gonna, are gonna tell, think
2: yeah people are gonna think we broke are gonna up blame she her. sat on yeah. an amp like
0: yeah they they yeah. know it's ending and they know yep. yeah he, he, it's yeah. exactly right and he, he yep. knows they'll blame her and he's like no they want to be together I, who am i to tell him that they can't do that you know exactly
2: yeah. I'm trying right. to find. There's a photo of Paul. That was when the when the documentary gets real. There's a photo of Paul. There's one of Ringo. I'm just I'm going through the IMDb. There's a lot of um oh yeah uh yep. stills or whatever. And it's just yeah. gonna be. I took a bunch when I watched it. I took a bunch, but I I um I didn't take as many as as, as this uh as this thing or whatever. But the, right yeah. there when he starts crying basically at the end of their conversation, or he starts. He's not cry. Oh, here it is. When he uh like at the very end of that second episode. Or towards Mm -hmm. the very end of that, that right there is when I was like, man, these guys were going through some real heavy shit, some real heavy shit.
0: What was the context of that clip? I forgot.
2: This is when they're all sitting in the circle and George isn't showing up and they're like, I guess George isn't coming back. And it's kind of funny. There's still humor in it because John makes jokes. He's like, what are we going to do about? George's instruments. And John's like, well, why don't we just sell them?
0: Yeah, <laughs> He's right,
1: like making right. a joke. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Well, you know? they, they, it,
0: jo- they joke about him having left like a week later. It's like, well, we only yeah. three Beatles last week, got four now. Let's get a fifth but one. See,
1: there's Linda right there. I yeah. mean, but, but yeah, I mean, Paul, Paul knew at that point, like th- this thing has run its course yeah. and, and they, they did not know that there was still an, one more album left to record after this one, but they, they, they knew like the time is coming and, um and it was, This documentary was was emotional for me at different points because like you can feel that, like Paul is the de facto leader of this, whether he wants it or he doesn't. And I think he does want it. (laughs) Um, but, but he, he knows it's falling apart and he can't stop it from happening. And then you add to it, they're 28. Mm-hmm. God, um, they don't look twenty eight. That, no, no, that, no. that man is no, twenty eight. years old, bro. Yeah, twenty eight years old. They're
2: twenty eight. <laughs> maybe but, I could but, see there, maybe. Oh,
1: god. Maybe, but but not only that. But bear in mind, like Paul and George went to like school together as children. Yep. Like Paul's the one that invited him in after Paul met John. So like if George leaves, Paul's thinking all about the fact that he brought all of them together. Yeah. Right? And and so and so now it's falling apart and and he knows it and and that's emotional and that makes sense. And um yeah man, I don't know. But but yes, no, Yoko was never the reason that the Beatles broke up. Um and, and I think the only reason that, that she kind of got that, uh, she, she, she bore that burden was, was that the fans started to see her more. And like, there's the famous cover, um, of the, the, the single, the ballad of John and Yoko. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And Yoko's in that, that group photo as if she's a Beatle. Hmm. And now the context is the song is called The Ballad of John and Yoko. So it makes sense that Yoko's on the cover of the single. However, a lot of people took it to mean like she's like inserting herself into the band, which turned a lot of people off. And then. Okay, she's the reason that they break up. Once that's announced, right? Plus, add add to fuel to the fire. Like, I think I think right before the breakup, John had announced his solo album, and uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure that was the one that he. The cover of it is just him and Yoko standing naked. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I have another somewhere do you the uncensored version Mm -hmm. like the the full naked yeah and um yeah i mean it's it it was it was just a weird time and like the the fans you know you know how fans are they're still the same today like you start changing stuff on them and they freak out and that's how it was with yoko and so throughout all of these years she's borne that burden of being the one that broke up the beatles even though if you ask paul today like did she do it no she didn't do it and paul stills like cordial with her and you know communicates with her and Ringo too and of course they attend all the Beatles functions and and whatnot so like there's still collaboration between Paul and Yoko to this day yeah
0: Yeah. and especially after like you lose John it's like how can you possibly like interact with that person in a negative way like you want to I'm sure every time they talk they talk about John you know
1: oh yeah you know
0: that's 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 the weird thing. Like there'd be certain there'd be certain shots in this where like you know John and George are talking to each other or you know and and I'm just sitting there thinking like oh they both I mean they don't die like you know soon or even close together but then there's like shots where like you know they'll cut to like Paul and Ringo in another shot I'm like man it's just so weird the framing kind of like
2: yeah 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 it's it's like oh wow
0: those two are still living and I was struck by how go along to get along Ringo was I was like yeah he's he's just he does not get in the middle of these petty like bids for control or like whatever. Uh, You know, I, I really was impressed by George Harrison throughout this. I was because he, he never made what could be considered like an egotistical bid for control. Neither did really John Lennon.
1: Paul, John was half checked out
0: yeah yeah and so and, and that's the thing like no one really wanted this to happen as much as paul did but paul wants to do this whole thing and they're all like i don't know and george was like i'm writing a lot of songs and i really enjoyed my time with eric clapton and all these other people i played with recently and i don't know this kind of sucks now and yeah. you know he and they shat to,
2: on his music at first and they shat too. on his music
0: yeah. and he was yeah. like I know what the fuck I'm doing. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. you know, so when they come, when they go to his house and they're like, Hey man, come back. He's like, fuck you. And like, yeah. <laughs> like they, go yeah. and, they go back and try again. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll come back. But like we need to scale down and focus on the album and you need to stop like ma- taking, take, taking the piss out of yep. me yep. and like respect me. <laughs> like, right, and, right, I, right. and it's just so, it's so weird. Uh, it's so interesting. And of course they all went on to like do other stuff and all more. their solo
2: albums are good. Right. Yeah. None sorry, of them have a bad solo
0: album. It's so interesting. No. Like these, yeah. and that's just kind of what happens. Like you look at it and you go, this is a, this is an example of when you bring together talented people, um, you know, to get them to sort of like row in the same direction that can happen for a short time. And I'm talking. I feel like I'm talking on my ass because I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll just hindsight 2020 this this thing. But to (laughs) me, this the Beatles are an example of you can get four people or however many people you can get a group of people together who are brilliant, and them becoming a group and making music together is what sort of enables them to to fully realize that talent and to progress, and eventually you progress to a point where you go, okay. I've been in a band. I've been in the Beatles. We've got all the success. Great. Now all I'm interested in doing is continuing to grow. And at a certain point, when four people want to continue to grow, but we got to stay together, then it's like what often happens is you got to go off on your own
1: that that's to me evident as early as the white album, you start to see a lot of people say that. Yeah. Yeah. You start to see like their personalities diverging rather than, stay like before that the all four personalities are are present in every song and now it's like okay this one the piggies this is george harrison right nobody else touched that one right or or you know uh uh julia well that's john right and like you you never you just you just start seeing that that splintering happening as as early as then but but what's what's interesting though and and this film only vaguely hints at it because like Maxwell silver hammer, obviously is not on let it be it's on Abbey road, which is a little weird because Abbey road was recorded after let it be, but released before let it be. Yeah. Um, so, so the last to me, maybe the best encapsulation of what the, the four Beatles working together in harmony is, is on the B side of Abbey road. There's a song called the end. It's the last song on the album except for her majesty which was a mistake um the end um is is if you if you listen to this ringo gets a solo which never happened he never took a solo um and th- you have uh john paul and george all playing lead guitar in this cool like uh 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 switch off of like you know George will play, I forget what the, what the count is, but you know, uh, like eight measures and then John plays eight measures and then Paul plays eight measures and then George and then John and then Paul and then George and John and Paul and it repeats until, you know, it, the, the, song, uh, finishes, but that to me is the magic of the Beatles and, and it's still present here. And to me, that was one of the biggest shocks was, was that even in all the fighting, even in Paul saying, I'm not trying to control you, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, even in that, um, even in that, like you, you can see that they're all still to your point, rowing in the same direction, but it's not going to, it's not going to last much longer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's, (sighs) That's the thing, man. It's, it's kind of weird nominous to think like that can be applied to a lot of things in life that, that applies to, you know, marriages and friendships and, you know, many, 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 many artistic collaborations, like at a certain point, it's too common uh, that there's just, you know, the, the partnership, the, the collaboration runs its course and you're just like, what are you supposed to do? You know, are you supposed to, you know, stay in a band where you don't like making music or you right. like it less and less like what are you supposed to do you're supposed to do it until like people hate the music you know or you're supposed to just go off and it's like it's, it's it's a little more authentic to just go look like i i'll I'll keep this I'll keep this out of like friendships or marriages cuz that's a different thing so like artistic stuff yeah. it's like yeah that is your work that is your yeah. art and that is your yeah that is supposed to be something that is, if you're an artist, like clearly it's, it's not like being a, you know, uh, in waste management, like you, your job is somehow an expression or extension of you, um, a very vulnerable piece of you and you don't compromise on it. If you're lucky enough to be, to do art professionally, commercially for a long time, then the whole point of it is this is authentically me. And at a certain point, you know, that stops being possible. And the other three people in the group who are also trying to do the same thing by staying together, you're stopping each other from doing that. And all it builds is resentment to where I'm sure that, you know, had everyone else, I don't know what the Beatles relationship was after all this. I think for a while, no one collaborated with Paul. Like there would be a lot of like John and George and Ringo collaborating on someone's album. I'm, I would like to think that if everyone were still alive today, they would have, especially these days where like reboots and shit is so popular. (laughs) I would think that the Beatles would have done at least one concert, you know, like they would have done something like, like they wouldn't have gotten back together, but maybe they would have done like a show or just some, some sort of expression of, no, we, we have love for each other. We just can't, we couldn't keep working together, you know,
1: for, so, so, to scratch that itch if anybody's interested um in the 90s they did the Beatles anthology project which was which was a documentary that spanned their entire career it's like i don't know 6 discs long i don't know how how lengthy it is compared to this but uh, to get back but regardless it, it, it's lengthy and as part of that the three beatles the three surviving beatles got together um with help from yoko picked Mm -hmm. two unfinished john lennon tracks and finished them and uh and so that's the closest we'll ever get to the beatles reuniting and and giving us more beatles music and both of those songs are great by the way um uh but um you know as sad as as the ending of of john lennon and george harrison's stories were I I am glad that the Beatles' legacy is main is contained to these these years in the '60s. It's it's the equivalent of like Seinfeld knowing, hey. This is it. And the, mm-hmm. the network saying, we want more Seinfeld and him going, nah, no, nope. I'm done. This is it. We, we can't do more than this. Yeah. Um, knowing when, when you're done and, and, and packing it up. Um, and I'm not going to say star Wars, but I'm going to say star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> know when it's done and pack it up. And that <laughs> there's, there's a bunch yeah. of Disney
0: executives watching this documentary. Like, this is great, Peter. Great job. And he's like, yeah, I thought it like, made a lot of good points you know is kathleen kennedy <laughs> you, here you should let li- is, you is should kathleen listen. kennedy in here is, is bob Page, jpeg here I, know, I always said paycheck yeah. which is a freudian slip of course wow. has <laughs> anyone called i think that sticks i sincerely bob did that paycheck. by accident but that's perfect that's a perfect what's name. his son's name brian brian paycheck brian paycheck <laughs> <laughs> because that's all to care about um, I think
2: if you if you're looking for a place to start with the Beatles if you you know I, I I maybe I suggest listening to some of the music first you know if you've never given them a shot and then hop in the documentary but like I said earlier I think the documentary works for any even if like even if you were born like deaf and you could suddenly hear I think it would be a great documentary you know what I mean like it had so many things like so many human relationships all that kind of psychology of all that was you know that's not music that's something completely different from music and and um it was nice to see the ins and outs of how a song's created so like yeah that is music and then it was nice to see the production of all of it like how many people are involved with the beatles to make sure that they get their shit together and get things done yeah. and like they had personal drivers and they had all these people that were around how much does that cost you know and at one point they 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 do mention how much it's like two dollars per foot of film of uh, per foot of tape with their recording or what? it doesn't matter because emi whatever they just charge emi it doesn't matter but but i yeah. mean it's just all these little things that like you never think about like hey i went to my degree was in music business and i couldn't tell you many things i mean i i do it for a living <laughs> but i couldn't tell you much about the music business i don't know what it, i mean i do record in a studio but like nowadays i could also just go to my buddy's house and record like
0: it's yeah. interesting to me i always love documentaries i'll watch like uh, i remember one time on here i was talking. And I think it was, it was, I don't know what we were doing, but some, we had a guest on Dustin. It was a female. So it was either Cynthia or Brianna. Um, and I remember saying like, I remember recommending like the, the, like a pink concert movie or something. And you were both very surprised, but like, to me, it was like, I really enjoy the brass tacks of artistic careers because I think it's so fascinating to watch people who seemingly just create, you know, this magical thing what that looks like in, in a work week. Yeah. It's not magic, is it? What is their life like? (laughs) Like, What is, you know, pink's life is waking up and like doing yoga and then doing vocal warm ups and then trying to write and then doing all this stuff, you know, and then touring, it's this whole thing. And what happens when you get sick? And it's just, it's, it's this, there's all this, to me, interesting mechanics to being an artist and specifically here being a musician, like there's so much maintenance you got to do. You got to be creative. You got to be business minded. You have to understand marketing. It's, it's so it's, it's nuts. There's a, there's a Taylor Swift documentary or two yeah. on Netflix. And I've i always watched on her, especially with hers. I'll watch her like recording in the room. She's in, and I'm like, where's the soundproofing? I'm always like, I don't understand. Yeah. This isn't like, this doesn't look like a studio, but, but it sounds fine. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Is there just enough stuff around that that deadens the sound? It's so anti, it's so, in, uh, uh, not intuitive to me, but I don't know how that works. Maybe microphones are different. It's just stuff like that. It's just like, it gets me thinking about it. Like I, I'll see people doing podcasts and it's just like, they're clearly in like a, in like a treated studio, but then like Taylor Swift can just sing like this big wooden room. And it sounds exactly the same as, you know, a a recording booth. And it's like, wait a second, which is it? Can you, can you do that? I you guess if they're using that, like
2: five thousand dollar ribbon mics and stuff, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that could be yeah, it. Right, the right, mics right. are so
0: good, and the 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 board is able to cancel out the reverb so well that it's it's just engineered perfectly. And maybe that's what it is. And of course, as a as a as a songwriter, you want to be in a room in a big wooden room with coats and pianos in it instead of some bare studio with no yeah. seating, you know, and nowhere to put yep. your food.
1: <laughs> Right, right.
0: And that's the thing. What are they eating when they record? It's like, oh, let's have some chips. Like, that's toast. That's a lot of toast yeah. and tea oh, in that yeah. documentary. Yeah. Plates yeah. full like, of yo, toast. You got, yep. and they're, they're like drinking wine and smoking. I'm like, yo, none of this makes you sing better. I don't understand this. This yeah. goes against right. everything I understand about vocal performance yeah the fact that you know they're just meanwhile ringo's just
1: got his big beans
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just eating beans out of a suitcase with well, a big ladle i'll be nice to, Ringo, I to man beans.
1: i like Ringo.
0: <laughs> be be nice I george harrison's probably uh,
2: my favorite beetle though uh besides i mean paul has to be up there just because he's just he did so much uh nice. for everything yeah. he is one of the reasons that the bass is not a boring instrument because without paul mccartney people would still be going bum 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 but he was creating yep. vo- vocal melodies on the line, and nobody was doing that before him except for maybe jazzers but nobody was like really jazzing, you know what i mean so like because
1: he's a guitarist yeah not a bassist. Yeah. <laughs> and he was playing like it's great you
2: know and um and ram is a great solo album paul mccartney's first solo album it's one of my favorite records yep. and yep. i learned every song on that album too after watching because i was just like this is so good like and it's helped me like if you go learn a paul mccartney album You'll know just about yeah. everything you need to do to write a song. And you might not be able to write a song afterwards, but you might have to sit down for eight hours and figure it out. But like like he did, you know, but but like yeah, you yeah. will. You learn so much from playing his songs that that are just man, I, I sometimes wonder. Oh, that was the last thing I wanted to touch on. A lot of people think um, Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and, and the Beatles. They don't know music theory. They don't they couldn't read music, which is true. They could not mm-hmm. read music it doesn't mean yep. that they don't understand how music works it doesn't un- mean that uh who it was either Brian Epstein or it was one of their guys one of their managers right uh was an actual theorist he who's the guy that arranged oh George martin excuse me George martin, martin would yeah. arrange yeah. strings so on on um a penny lane all that horn shit on penny lane that's George martin he yeah. even i believe is the one who plays the uh the piano part on on that uh he did that a lot he played because he was a piano he was a composer um but anyway so they had this brilliant mind of the time you know a composer that can arrange and stuff like that that take i can do it because that's what i went to school for soren can do it because that's what he went to grad school for you know what i mean like he can really do it but like this guy was good at it and taught them so many things not that he was sitting there going okay so what you want to do is you want to use the lydian half dominant cadence and you want to go to the Phrygian." You know? he's not talking bullcrap you know he's just saying i think if we do this here and this here, I and mean, then the Beatles started messing with like four tracks. And so Paul would record like a guitar I and mean, then he'd record the bass and he'd bounce those over I and then mean, he would record drums. I mean, and he, he just started layering. Th- it was kind of like these days when you have like hip hop artists making all these things and, and, and digital audio workstations where they plug and play. I feel like the Beatles yeah. just like plugged and played Cause you watch it and get back half the time. Like they're, they're playing. Uh, I don't have my guitar on me, but when they play, I got a feeling. And when they play dig a pony, it's the same, yep. same song. If they're playing yep. an A with like this D thing in it and what it's the same chord or whatever, they just know it sounds cool. They aren't going, Oh, that's an A over a D. They're like, Oh, I like doing this to the G. And then I, and then they just tell them that's what it, and like when, when, when Paul writes, let it be, it's, it's really like a really normal chord, uh, chord progression. It's like a one, six, four, five or whatever it is. I think that's right. One, six, whatever, five, four. Anyway. But it's like a very standard, uh, progression, And when he was writing that, you know, I don't think he had any thought, but there's like thousands of songs that have the exact same It's not like he was reinventing the wheel that way anyway. Right. And I like to tell people that with guitar too, because I have a lot of people that'll be like, oh, well, Hendrix didn't know music theory. And I'm like, if you don't think that that dude didn't understand the guitar up and down backwards and forwards with his eyes closed behind his back, like if you think for a second that dude was just going... I don't know how music know. works. It sounds good. <laughs> and it Busts out like, you know, all on the watchtower. No. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work like right. that. That and no. the, you know, over the years of playing in the cavern, the Beatles were already good at the cavern. Like over the years of yeah. playing together, because I've learned that from like the past like cause I've quit my job before to music and it went okay, but this time it's gone really well. And like I've learned to so much just from playing with other people and learning other music and all of a sudden like i have a degree and like i had to learn theory i had to you know i know a lot of music theory but half the stuff i play is like mindless because it's so musical you're just like oh it's this and like i have friends in the scene that are 10 times the musician that i am that have never gone to school or whatever but it's because they they play with a lot of feeling to play but I'll, I'll be damned if they don't know more about the guitar than i do like they might not be able to explain it the way that I can, you know what I mean? Cause I've, I have like a classical training of it or whatever, but they can do like, if I'm like, Oh yeah, you just need to do blah, blah, blah. They're like, Oh, you mean, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, that like, it's like, it's like when it clicks for them, it's like, I don't know, maybe if there's like a trick to riding, maybe Connor or something, you know what I mean? If It's something that clicks for you. Like, it's yeah. like your own theory. And I feel like they created their own theory. Whereas we could sit here all day with a bunch of music theorists and we could, or, and they'd be like, this is what this is, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and you could, you can analyze it, but you can just Google it. You can analyze music by the Beatles. Everybody's done it. But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I, I don't like, I don't like people being like, man, they just came up with this stuff. They were so talented. Like, no bro, eight hours a day, sometimes 12 yeah. hours a day sitting. And that's my, that was always my biggest thing with watching that. Cause I told you my biggest thing. With Soren as a ten-year-old, I was like, "Man, if we just knew how to write a song, we could be like the Beatles." And I saw that as a thirty-two-year-old man still can't write a song like the Beatles, and it's because, like, I mean, I do write songs. I'm not a singer, you know. I I perform covers and stuff, but like, if I wanted to, I guess I have to sit down at a desk and write songs for eight hours a day, and that's it's it's a lot to ask of somebody, you know what I mean? When you're not going to get paid for it for a very long time, and and I just, you know, I think it's nice that non-musicians can watch this and realize that they didn't just go up on the roof. And play. I got a feeling they played it probably three (laughs) hundred times, and then went on the roof. And in between that, they were arguing and fighting and drunk and all kinds of shit. You know, they're worried about
0: their their, the group breaking up and if it's even going to happen at all. Like that's
2: so. Imagine just the anxiety in the head while they're playing but they don't show it. I don't know, man. Like I have a lot of anxiety. So I think about that a lot when I'm playing and I'm like, cause there are nights where I'm like, wow, I felt really good and like felt good. Like wasn't anxious and everything comes. And there are nights where like, I'll hit a wrong. And then like for the next 20 minutes, I start sweating and like getting real. Cause it's like, when's the next mistake coming and you get real weird. But it's like, if you get like that, the whole thing becomes a train wreck, you know? And I think they were really good at managing those specifically those kinds of uh you know mental they had really I don't know what the word is, but they were very strong-minded people, I think. Like uh they had to be. They had millions of people that wanted to be them and be around the, them. And
0: the word is professional. They were yeah. They were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 To it's an extent. More, I mean, yeah, more than I could say at 28, of, man. <laughs> well, there's yeah, all kinds right. of there's all kinds of erratic and unprofessional behavior in art also because sure. these are people who are by definition, just their brains work differently and they're a little eclectic. Yeah. But like the discipline that it takes, nonetheless, like if you may be an undisciplined person, like in society and disciplined person in your personal life, but you're serious about your art and, you know, for a singer, that's, you're serious about, you know, or a writer, you, you put the time in, you sit there and you go, all right, this is the blank page. I'm going to sit here for at least a couple hours and I'm going to think about what I want to say. And it's, it, everyone you listen to talk about how to make creativity happen. It's an inclination, but like, Stephen King, in his book, he talks about pantsers and planners, you know, two different kinds of writers. And it's like, are you the kind who just, you know, sits down? It's like he says, the idea rarely just comes to you. maybe the idea comes to you, but it's not like the whole story comes to you. You have the idea, and if you're a pantser, you just sit there and you write it, and you let the story kind of just play out, you know, the way it would play out. And then there are planners who are like, I have an idea, but I want to make sure it works within an outline structure before I devote too much time to the plot. And it's just I'm sure there are musicians that are that, they're that way as well, you know, but at the end of the day, like you're right, it's not just sitting down and then, and then the muse just speaks to you and you bust out the greatest book ever written. You have some good ideas and you iterate and you sit there and you go, what am I going to say here? What's going to happen here? Is that interesting? Do I like this? Let's revise. And just never being afraid to go, no, that's not good enough. And it's not going to work. And just, just it's, it's hard. It's so hard. Like I, the, the, the biggest barrier for me doing it, you know, more is time, you know, but then again, you have the time to do it and you're like, boy, like you, it takes even more time at that point. If you suddenly have three hours a day to write, you have to be comfortable with none of those hours in a given week amounting to anything. And you yeah. just have to love writing. You have to yeah. love the craft of writing. And for a musician to go, not only do I love music so much that I'm going to devote every like all of my hours to it in a week, I'm going to support myself doing this. I'm so I love it so much that I a don't want to do anything else for money, and b um, I'm willing to bet that I love it so much that I can at least pay the bills doing this, and hopefully do something great with it. Um, because I'm willing to, I'm willing to, I love the process and i'm willing to weather the ups and downs i'm willing to put the time in i'm willing to i'm willing to push it to to its its uh, max performance i'm willing to compromise where i can't you know i'm willing i'm i'm willing to make this my life and uh, yeah. i have tremendous respect for anyone who can do that because it seems so glamorous and everyone for decades has joked about how people who make movies or people who make music and you know, some of the people, you know, some of the critics of the Beatles themselves, like I don't like their long hair and their beat music. And it's like, because you're a lawyer, like you don't yeah, fucking understand. It's not understand. For you, bro. Like, it's not like, you. you don't yeah. under, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, even then it's like, you don't understand the amount of work this takes. You, the, the perception of the artists is that they are just super undisciplined. Um, yeah. Like weirdos. Hippie, yeah. Like and they're some order, of the yeah. hardest working people out there because their product is so abstract And you have to have tremendous foresight and faith in the process that it's going to amount to something. And that something could just be mediocre. It could be great, but this is what you do. You're a lawyer. You're like, I'm going to work on cases. And you make a lot of money and the Beatles make a lot of money, but being a Beatle is so much riskier than being a a lawyer. (laughs) You know.
1: (laughs) Well, to that end, I mean, yeah, a lot of people just think, And I think it's a product of our time today where people get plucked out of obscurity and like, oh, you had one hit on YouTube that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And so now you have a record label and like you've got this record deal that you can just do whatever you want. Right. And there's no work required. It's like, yeah, you put in a little bit of work to create that initial YouTube video, but that's pretty much it. Right. Mm -hmm. But but people forget that the Beatles when, when they started like Paul's in school and George's in school and john's recently out of school and they meet and they're every day every single day they're playing guitar they're writing songs they're doing this at, at their homes uh, on the bus whatever they're like getting on the bus to go travel to learn three chords. hours to learn to learn one chord mm-hmm. and then three hours back and they're playing it the whole way there how did you do it how did you do it and they're they're getting they, they they're, that's all they're doing all day every day then they go to hamburg And I think they spent, I could be wrong. Eight years, wasn't it? Yeah, a number of years um, in Hamburg playing and and not just playing every night, but they lived at the club. And so not only were they playing every night, but they wake up and they play with the people coming through the club and all they're doing all day long is playing guitar, singing songs, playing drums, and then doing it professionally at night and then waking up and doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and all that work. Then, then they get the record deal. Then it's work to get anything made that you know it's not only worked for the actual art of it but then you have to sell it like why is anyone going to pay attention to these four dudes from liverpool and so now they're selling now they're going here and they're going there and they're going everywhere and they're you know like selling their product and 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 then they do that for years and years and years that they're running themselves ragged to mm-hmm. the point where they're 26 or whatever. And yep. they say, we're not doing it anymore. We can't tour anymore. We can't take it anymore. And that's because they're working themselves to the bone. And then they come in and do this and they're working 10, 12 hours a day, every day, trying to make this happen. Then they just you know, throw out this last great concert on a roof. But the last great concert on a roof wasn't because they spent... Thirty days in a room for ten hours—it's because they spent thirteen years yeah, yeah. doing it every day, nonstop. That's why they could jump up on a roof and make the greatest concert, the most iconic concert ever. Was because they spent thirteen years of their lives devoted to it, and then, and then. Paul's still making music. Ringo's still making music, right? Like it it never leaves them. They have enough money. They don't have to do it anymore, but there's a drive in them to keep creating. And honestly, Egypt stations, Paul's latest release is pretty good. And, and like it doesn't, he doesn't have to try anymore, but he does. And, uh, and that's all that to say, it's easy to forget about the hard work that, paul put in for 13 years up to this point that we just watched and then for the decades after that he's still working hard and uh yeah you're right like you just have to put in the work and they did
0: that's perfect the perfect way to sum it up yeah it's impressive and yes uh there's a reason that they're you know they're the Beatles. <laughs> yep. And there yeah. no, are other bands. know
2: that formula works for every band that you've ever seen that you're like, man, how do they do it? It works. There's a very good documentary on Leonard Skinner that made me a Leonard Skinner fan. I wasn't before because I've lived in Alabama my mm-hmm. whole life. So I just don't want to yep. listen to Leonard Skyner.
0: Yeah. Li- living in in Alabama now, will make you hate Leonard
2: Skinner. Now I'm a huge fan. I'm like, let me hear the deep cuts, baby. That documentary yep. was incredible. They also would get up. They would get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, get over to Ronnie Van Zant's house at about 7:30 or 8, and they'd play guitar till about 10 o'clock at night, and then they'd party their asses off and they'd wake up and do it again. And but the part that mattered was that they practiced for 10 hours a day. But nobody understands yep. that. Now, to be fair, Leonard Skinner's different because they would go play the exact same thing every note for note, note for note. The Beatles stopped touring. They were just creating albums. They didn't yeah. have a tour yeah. and go on stage and fly in an airplane and things like that. And yeah. and Skinner did that. But Freebird was note for note the same every night. But that's a rehearsed show yeah. and that's what opera is and that's what musical theater is and that's what all these big I mean, so there's no reason that it wouldn't work for, you know, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And you can't tell me they right. weren't, they weren't practicing 12 hours a day. I don't need to see a documentary. I know they were like, you know what I mean? They like they, <laughs> they were, yep. Yeah, they were the food fighters, were. Dave Grohl. When he put out that first album, I would love to see a documentary on that. Cause he recorded every damn instrument on the album. So like, it would be that's just insane. like 500 hours of Dave Grohl, like just doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the people are yeah. like, why is this album only 90 minutes? And be like, yeah. So that's why it's worth like $40 million or, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get it. And I'm not trying to be one of those guys that makes millions, but like, it's hard just to do it on the basic level. It's hard to do it at the level that I do it at. It's hard to do it at the level above where I'm at. And I have friends in different levels, you know, and kind of all those places. Um, and I have some friends far like removed, but like friends of friends that are real big. And then you're like, okay, well, if it takes that to get there one, I have no interest in doing that. Okay. Well, I know I'm not doing that so I can set the bar here and you know, and there's a difference between being a yep. regional act and a local act and a and a, a national act and different things like that. And it all pays different rates and you can you can find ways the to do it. Act. Or you could just be a songwriter and sell your songs. And I have friends that yeah. are really good at that. And I hope that that's what they end up doing, you know. Um, yeah. I don't write a lot. I do write, but I don't write enough to like, be like, Oh, you know? Yeah. But I, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. One of my life's ambitions is for like to to write a manuscript that gets sold and made into a Danielle Steele novel. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, hey, that's cool. I don't care. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Give, me, give me the 50 grand, put your name on it. That's yeah, cool. That's <laughs> good. Care. Yeah. I'm glad I wrote a sexy mermaid romance or whatever. Maybe it is. you should. <laughs>
2: that should be the next. I did that in college a little bit for fun. I, I'm
0: very, I'm very scared that it's so that it's too easy. Yeah. And that- I'll fall into it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's all i think about. It'd be kind of funny, though. Yeah. You'd just be walking around like, what smutty things can I write today? Like,
0: yeah. God, where'd you get that Porsche? Like, uh, no, no, I can't. I'm, I'm not allowed to say. Uh,
2: I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is not from the sex novels that I write. I mean, uh...
1: <laughs> quick, Hooper, what, what? what's the mermaid novel title? Go. Uh, beans in a Suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. He uh, never mind. Octopus's Garden. That's a classic. Oh, yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: He, I'd call it. You know, uh, probably
1: a uh, Match Mermaid in Heaven. She, she sells her body by the seashore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: oh boy. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. All, All right. right. Uh Ian, come back. Um again. We'll talk get about back. get get back right. here to the show. Um some other time we'll talk about other things that are less specific to one of your many interests. So on behalf of myself and the group, thank you. I hope we passed the audition. What does it say? No <laughs> that was it up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. that's that good enough. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Excellent. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, Paul, or whatever he says. Good night, Good, night, George. George. Good night, George. Good night, George. Good night, John. It's so weird how, like, they, they all sound like, if you're doing an impression of them, you just kind of make them all sound like yeah. this, but they sound quite different, you know? <laughs> yeah, Paul's up here, you <laughs> know, Paul's, and Paul's and John's Paul's, uh, talking you know, down here about this. I, uh, John, just,
1: John Lennon, hey, everybody. I just think uh, John Lennon. we do the
0: songs the one way, and- George, we can go. But I don't know about the. He had that giant nose.
1: <laughs> got the big with the beans in the suitcase?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like, they don't sound like they all talk. You open their mouths like I'm 28 years old, and you're like, y- Are you? You've got like nicotine stains on your teeth.
1: I'm just, I'm just, I'm just picturing like them today, like using modern slang. And you know, like proving that they're Gen Xers or or Gen Zers, whatever. This is the best thing ever. No cap.
0: cap. (laughs) I'm not even going to cap. I'm not going to cap. No, I'll cap. I'll I'll put a cap. Is that a right? Is that a
1: thing? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can picture them like doing like those GQ like let's answer the most googled things about you.
1: Did Paul McCartney die?
0: Yeah, is he is he really <laughs> dead? No, is of course Paul not.
1: Dead? I'm right here. I'm I'm
0: dead af, right? <laughs> I'm I'm dead ass alive, right? <laughs>